Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can gather together, even though uh, the sanctuary right now is almost completely empty. I thank you that we can uh, join our hearts and our minds together to lift up your name in worship. Thank you, Heavenly Father, that we can gather still uh, to hear your word. And Lord, I pray that, that we truly would hear your word today, that it would pass from our ear to our heart, and then from our heart uh, to our lives. Lord, we're, we're living in very strange times, and you're aware of everything that's going on, so help us uh, to, uh, to know and to understand that you are the one who calms our hearts and our fears, and you are also the one who, who calls us to to, to think of our neighbors, to be considerate of our neighbors during these, these times. So I pray, Heavenly Father, that you would work through your word today, that we would be set once again at peace, knowing the good news of the gospel, and I pray that we would be liberated to see our neighbors and to serve our neighbors during these times. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our sermon series during these 40 days of Lent is entitled, Eyes on Jesus. We're looking at Jesus from the perspective of those who encountered him during the last hours before his crucifixion. How did people see Jesus? Many people saw Jesus or interacted with him during that time. Uh, Some saw Jesus for who he was and is, the Messiah, who is Savior. Others saw Jesus as a threat. And for some, when their eyes were fixed on Jesus, their eyes were filled with murder. Murderous thoughts could be seen in people's eyes. Many people wanted Jesus dead. And among those were the Jewish religious leaders. So we go today to Mark chapter 14, beginning with verse 1. It was now two days before the Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And the chief priests and the scribes were seeking how to arrest him by stealth and kill him. For they said, not during the feast, lest there be an uproar from the people. And they led Jesus to the high priest. And all the chief priests and the elders and the scribes came together. And Peter had followed him at a distance, right into the courtyard of the high priest. And he was sitting with the guards and warming himself at the fire. Now the chief priests and the whole council were seeking testimony against Jesus to put him to death, but they found none. For many bore false witness against him, but their testimony did not agree. And some stood up and bore false witness against him, saying, We heard him say he will destroy the temple that is made with hands, and in three days I will build another not made with hands. Yet even... About this, their testimony did not agree. And the high priest stood up in the midst and asked Jesus, Have you no answer to make? What is it that these men testify against you? But he remained silent and made no answer. Again, the high priest asked him, Are you the Christ, the Son of the Blessed? And Jesus said, I am. And you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of power and coming with the clouds of heaven. And the high priest tore his garments and said, What further witness do we need? 
You have heard his blasphemy. What is your decision? And they all condemned him as deserving death. And some began to spit on him and to cover his face and to strike him, saying to him, prophesy. And the guards received him with blows. Eyes on Jesus. Today the theme of the sermon is murderous eyes. So I ask the question, are we guilty of murderous eyes? Are we guilty of murderous eyes? Is there murder also in our hearts? Are we any better than the religious leaders who condemned Jesus to death? Listen to the point of the sermon for today. The point of the sermon is this. Because we are indeed murderous at heart, we need to be liberated by the gospel. We need to be liberated by the gospel so that we can help, help and not harm our neighbors. Did you know that according to Jesus, we all have murderous eyes? Each and every one of us are, are murderous at heart. Uh, let me remind you of Jesus' words in his famous sermon on the mount. For those who don't know, Jesus preached a sermon to an open-air audience. So listen to this portion of Jesus' famous sermon on the mount regarding murder. Matthew chapter 5, verse 21. You have heard that it was said to those of old, You shall not murder, and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is who is angry with his brother, anyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council. And whoever says, you fool, or rakha, will be liable to the hell of fire. Wow, this is mind-blowing. Jesus completely changes our perspective on the commandment, thou shall not murder. You've done it. I've done it. We're all guilty of murderous eyes. When a child gets in trouble and is punished by mom or dad, the child will slip and say words to mom and dad that are meant to hurt. If you're married, you'll slip and say something to your spouse in anger and your words are meant to hurt. When you're on the job, you become angry with employees, co-workers, or a boss. You've made remarks in the workplace intended to hurt. What about the church? Is the church immune? Church people make hurtful comments to one another. When something doesn't go my way, a decision is made that I don't agree with. I say hurtful things to my brothers and sisters in Christ. Sometimes a church is the most toxic and hurtful environment a person can belong to. Now, I doubt that many of you listening today are guilty of physically murdering another person. Very few people spend time in prison for murder. But according to Jesus, we're all guilty of murderous eyes, murderous mouths, 
and even murderous actions that have hurt others. As Christians, we're not called to hurt others. We're called to help others. We're called to help others, especially in times like these. In times like these where people are in great need, we're called to help. Let's turn to Martin Luther, the guy who lived 500 years ago in Germany and started what we now call the Protestant Reformation. He taught about the fifth commandment in his small catechism, this little book that he wrote to help families understand the Ten Commandments, the Apostles' Creed, the Lord's Prayer, and the sacraments. This is what Martin Luther has to say about the fifth commandment. Thou shalt not murder. He asks, what does this mean? What does this mean? And the answer is this, that we should fear and love God. We should fear and love God that we may not hurt nor harm our neighbor in his or her body. But help, but help and befriend him or her in every need. Help and befriend your neighbor. Can you find better words in times like these? We're going through a difficult time as a nation and as a community and as a congregation. Your actions and words mean more to our neighbors now than ever before. In a time when people are being threatened by a virus, people are scared. People need good Christian neighbors. And you, brothers and sisters in Christ, are called to be that good Christian neighbor. Let's take heed to Luther's explanation of the fifth commandment. Now, to every commandment, there's a positive and a negative. The negative is what we should not do. And we all understand this. With every commandment, we are told what we should not do. In the fifth commandment, we are told that we should not hurt nor harm our neighbor. And don't forget, Jesus reminds us that words hurt too. But to every commandment, there's also a positive. That which we are commanded to do. With every commandment, we are called by God to do something good. To bring honor to God or to benefit our neighbor. In the fifth commandment, we're called to help and befriend our neighbor in every need. In other words, we're called by God to have each other's backs. If we're not there for our neighbor, then we're guilty of breaking this commandment. If we have no concern for our neighbor, we too have murderous eyes. So I ask you, are you concerned for your neighbor today? Do you know your neighbor? Do you know what your neighbor's needs are? This is a time to call each other, to call your neighbors, to call your friends, to call your co-workers, and to simply ask, how are you doing? Do you need anything? And another point I need to make today, very important point that needs to be made today. Two words. 
toilet paper. Toilet paper. When people are hoarding toilet paper, disinfectant, and masks, they prove that they have no concern for their neighbors. When medical professionals are worried about caring for the sick and dying because they don't have basic supplies, we too are guilty of murderous eyes. And for this, we need to ask for God's forgiveness as a nation. Brothers and sisters, we're those called to live in obedience to the fifth commandment. We should fear and love God, that we may not hurt nor harm our neighbor. So during these critical times, how are you helping and befriending others? You might also ask, how might I be hurting or harming my neighbor by my actions? There are ways you can befriend your neighbor starting today. As the weather has been very nice for the past few days, I took a walk and I met a neighbor. I simply asked, how are you doing and how's your family doing through all this? While practicing social distancing, I was able to actually have a conversation from between 10 to 15 feet away. You can call your neighbor on the phone, connect on social media, find ways to befriend and to offer help in ways that you're capable of in these times of need. The church is truly the church when we live in obedience to the fifth commandment. When we fail to obey the fifth commandment, we ruin our witness as Christians. So let me remind you of the point of today's sermon. Because we are murderous at heart, because we too have murderous eyes, we need to be liberated by the gospel so that we can help and not harm our neighbors. You and I need to be liberated. We need to be cleansed by the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We don't have clean hands or clean hearts. Our hands and our hearts are stained with murder. We need to be free of the filth of murder. And only Jesus can cleanse you and I of the filth of murder. At the heart of the gospel which cleanses us of the stain of murder is the cross of Jesus Christ. Jesus was murdered upon a rugged Roman cross. He was murdered for you and for your salvation. Jesus submitted himself to those with murderous eyes for your salvation. If, if we could travel back in time, if we could look into the eyes of the chief priests, if we could look into the eyes of the scribes, we would see murder in their eyes. If we could look into the eyes of the false witnesses, we would see murder in their eyes. If we looked into the eyes of those who spit upon him, covered his face, and struck him, saying, prophesy, we would see murder in their eyes. If we looked into the eyes of, of the guards who beat him, we would see murder in their eyes. Murderous eyes. Jesus willingly, 
out of love for you, submitted himself to those with murderous eyes. He did it because he loves you. He did it for you because without his sacrifice upon the cross, you would never be cleansed of the guilt of your murderous eyes and actions and heart. Scriptures teach us that those who repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ receive the forgiveness of sins. Know today that you are forgiven. You are clean. When God looks at you, he no longer sees the stain of murder upon your heart. He sees the precious blood of Jesus, which which has washed away every stain of sin. We know that murders leave stains. We've all watched the cop shows. Murder is messy business. We're all guilty of it. We have blood-stained hands. But there's a powerful stain remover that has been applied to you. That powerful stain remover is the blood of Jesus. You are forgiven. You are clean. You are free. Think of it. A clean record. A clean record. Those exonerated, those exonerated of the crime of murder are given a clean record. They're given a clean record and then they are set free. Clean and free. So know today that you are clean and you are free through faith in Jesus Christ, because you believe in Jesus, because you trust in Jesus, you are clean and free. Clean and free. What do we, what do, we do now with our newfound freedom in the gospel? What do you do now that you are clean and free? Well, you serve. You serve your neighbor. Rather than harm your neighbor by your sinful words and deeds, you are now free, free in the gospel to help and befriend your neighbor. And we love our neighbors because God first loved us. He loved us and gave his only son as the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Because we're murderers at heart, we need to be liberated by the gospel so that we can help and not harm our neighbors. Amen. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for your word today. Thank you that you have indeed set us free through the cross, by the words of this good news of the gospel, that Jesus came into our world. In love, he entered our world. In love, he submitted himself to those with murder, murderous eyes and murderous hearts and murderous hands. He willingly died upon the cross, rose again from the dead for our freedom, for our cleansing. So help us, Heavenly Father, now to truly go in peace, knowing that we are, knowing that we are forgiven and serving our neighbors. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.